podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. It's our wrap from the final day of the Sydney test, the match ended in a draw. And look, some of you may have thought Paul Denner wouldn't turn up for this recording after I slandered DRS on yesterday's show, but he's here, Paul. You don't hate me. <laughs> what are you talking about, Menas? Um, I'm, well, of course I'd be here. Uh, how, are, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> You're I'm very, uh, it was, you um... were disapp- <laughs> disappointed in my comments yesterday about, about DRS. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, but that doesn't mean that I'm. Um, <laughs> I don't hate you or anything. Calm down. Oh, that's um, good. I'm good. disappointed. Good um, <laughs> I'm disappointed in the um, the the fact that the, the test summer has petered out a little bit. I don't. Um, uh, you know, last night was pretty exciting, and then today promised a bit, but ultimately it was a bit of a a bit of a damp squib in the end. Yes, certainly. So much so that that I actually bailed out midway through the last session and I'm actually recording this from Sydney Showground Stadium before the big derby and the big bash. So I'm going to rack up multiple cricket venues. What a Sunday. Can't get better than that. Um, But I guess, I mean, let's start with this morning. Um, You know, when I turned up to the SCG, there was a massive queue. So the gold coin donation certainly attracted, you know, thousands of people this morning. You know, it wasn't heaving, but... Um, considering the result was, you know, fairly unlikely. I thought it was a good turnout. And, um, you know, I just love it when they do that on the final day. Gold coin donation. You know, we complain how often the the tickets are very expensive or at least, you know, one day you get in there for a good value. Well, yeah. Um, and I, I suppose I should acknowledge that, that I was critical of Cricket Australia for the the lack of refund at the um, – the big bash the other night, but I think that they were they would have been entitled to charge full or at least half price for today, given that fourteen wickets needed to fall for Australia to win, and there was every prospect, as it turned out, of um, a full day's play. So good on them for making it a donation. Um, Seventeen thousand nine hundred and sixty-eight people turned up. I think that's a really good crowd. There's some chat on Twitter that there should have been thirty-five thousand, and I, I think that people mistake um, the fact not only as you said that there's the the big the big bash game on tonight, but Cricket tends to be something that you have an appointment to view. Um, you, you know, it's not something you, at, a, at the drop of a hat that you can just suddenly say, oh, I'll just um, uh, out of whim devote 10 hours of my Sunday to this when you take into account getting there and getting back. Uh, and I think that the fact that day five tickets either don't go on sale or are not really considered likely because of the fact that games usually end before that, when people at the last minute um, have to drop everything and go down there, I think a crowd of not far shy of 20,000 is actually pretty good. I agree. So uh, Australia, the uh, the match was drawn. Uh, player of the series was David Warner. Player of the match was was Usman Khawaja. Uh, look, not a lot of talking points from the final day, um, but you know a few things. Travis Head took the first wicket at just before eleven a.m. and I think uh, 
that's when already I knew I thought Australia would struggle to to get through when it took us an hour to make a, a first breakthrough. Yeah, although I have seen that many times when the, the you know the the effect of the roller calms everything down and from what looks like nothing's happening, it can suddenly change quite quickly. It never really did, although the period after lunch when Australia ended up wrapping it up and knocking South Africa over before they got to the, the, the follow-on target, they really did get a sense of momentum right there and then all, actually. Um, South Africa are, uh, are going to have it up. At, uh, they were still favourite to, to be um, to be able to draw the game, but the, the prospect of an Australian win really did start to look likely again. Yeah, no, there was a few half chances that went down. Uh, Marnus dropped a, a tough one in close off head. Head dropped a court and bold. Carey missed a, an edge that probably should have been taken as well off. I think that was head. Um, Agar dropped Harmer with about 20 to go for the follow-on. Uh, but then actually they, they managed to bowl um, South Africa out under the follow-on target Um Josh Hazelwood took two wickets and Nathan Lyon took the final wicket. Um, Hazelwood ending with a four for 48, Cummins three for 60, Lyon two for 88 and Head one for 21. I mean, we spoke yesterday. I thought Hazelwood was exceptional today. Yeah, he was. And uh, I don't quite agree with you that there's not many talking points. Maybe by missing the last bit, you might might not quite have got the sense of the frustration of the Australian players at some of the decisions that, that went against them. And it has um, sparked a lot of talking points around um, umpire's call and also uh, catches. And mm. um, I, I think that Nathan Lyon in particular was quite aggrieved. Um, and, and I think I'll preface this by saying, I think that the umpires under the playing conditions and laws as they currently stand, I don't think they really did much wrong. I, I think that they handled things pretty well. But I do think that now is the time to make um, two important changes uh, to the way that the, the the laws are applied. What are those changes? Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I was pausing just to see if you're listening. Um, <laughs> firstly, Go the on. one that I've been um, agitating for for a long time is that they should just say if it is uh, umpires call on impact or umpires call on um, uh, where the ball hits the stumps, they should just make that out. They go to the tennis situation and cut out umpires call altogether. I think that there is now an appetite for that to happen. There, there were a few LBWs where um, Lyon, uh, the couple where he appealed vociferously, it was given not out, and it was saved by either one or two instances of umpire's call. Again, you cannot blame the umpire. I mean, we're talking, um, you know, a centimetre or two or three here. Uh, you, you know, I, I would have given those not out as well because extravagant turn, it's a very – you're pretty much guessing, so I would have given them not out too. But I think that um, it's simpler. It makes – everyone's con- constantly still doing their head in that whatever the on-field umpire decides – goes when it comes to umpire's call and people find that baffling get rid of it make it simpler it gives more back to the bowlers we want the bowlers to have more but fundamentally it's our best chance of getting the decisions right the the technology is far better than the umpire making a guess um and i just think that the appetite is there and i think it would be a far better game if we made that change yeah i agree
I, I just think it's become farcical. And I actually think that the main reason I'd do it is not even just to get the decision right, but just for the fans. So if you're a casual cricket fan, you're not sort of scratching your head and going like, why is this out sometimes and not out sometimes? Um, so I, I think it has to be done. And you're right, there was frustration around that. There was a frustration. around Steve Smith probably took another great catch today that – it could have gone either way, but it's another one where the umpires, if there's just a shade of doubt now, they're giving the the, the catch not out. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. I just want to make one more point on the, the umpire's call business as well, that people, some people say, oh, yeah, but there's a difference between this and tennis. Because I, I talk about tennis, how everyone now accepts that if it's a millimetre in, uh, that's fine. And people say, but this is a projection rather than tennis. Well, the fact of the matter is, as I said, still the projection by seven cameras with sophisticated technology is going to be far better than a middle-aged person guessing after seeing it once. And secondly, people then say, oh, yeah, but you've got to give the benefit of the doubt. Well, no, the benefit of the doubt is kind of implicit in the laws. But basically the law concludes by saying that it will shall be out with all the, the um, riders. And the last one is, but for the interception, the ball would have hit the wicket. And so... If we are giving ones not out, even though the very best available evidence indicates that they were hitting the wicket, that is a mistake. And you can't rely on the, th the thought of, oh, you know, you've got to give the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is implicit, not explicit. So I think that e even from a, a technical reading of the laws of the game, that's the right thing that needs to be done. Apologies if anyone dropped off to sleep during that, but I, I just I needed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, good, good. Uh, so yeah, so so South Africa were forced to follow on, and uh, Dean Dean Elgar was out caught down the leg side. I think it's for the fourth time in this series. Um, again, off Pat Cummins, caught by Alex Carey, and then Clarsen and Irve kind of killed the match. Clarsen was out for thirty five, bowled by Josh Hazelwood, and Irve and Bavuma batted out the match. It was two for one hundred and six. Um, you know, I, I think one talking point that came out of today, though, is that is has Australia found a second spinner in Ashton Agar? You know, what did do you think he bowled well enough today? Uh, look, there's um, a lot of talking points. Um, um, it actually touches on what I was thinking that it is strange to give a bowler um, a test match with a view to the future. Like, what does that achieve? Um, you know. Um, I, I, th I thought it was strange that they picked him with an eye to India because it just doesn't make any sense. I don't think he bowled particularly badly today. I think he just bowled as often finger spinners do in Australia, that it's not conditions that are very conducive to finger spinners being successful. Very few of them have been. Indeed, very few leg spinners have been. It, you know, it doesn't mean he can't be successful in India. I still think he needs to be in the side for India. It's... Um, and I, I would probably still be picking him in the first test because I think that finger spinners will come into things much better in India. But yeah, it was an underwhelming performance. I think um, Tim Lane made the point. It was like 1,900 days since he's taken a test wicket, which is a pretty, um, a pretty harsh call. But yeah, um, yeah, it was a disappointing um, for, 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 for him for sure. Look, I think he was a bit unlucky because I think had the pitch deteriorated and they played more cricket, I think he would have been more suitable. Uh, I, I, but the comment was made on radio that he, he seemed to struggle to adjust his length to hit the rough. Um, but I didn't notice that myself. Um, so, look, I, I don't want to criticise and say he can't be the second spinner in India yet um, because I think on a pitch 
with wear and tear, he could bowl a similar role to what Jadeja does. I'm not saying he's going to be as effective as Ravi Jadeja, but I think he could perform similarly. So I'm not willing to put a line through him yet. I thought he was a bit unlucky. Uh, I think regardless of um, who the second spinner is, Travis Head again has shown enough that in Indian conditions, he's a very viable third spinner. And I think that um, if he is going to be in the side and it looks like he will be for India between now and then, they should get him bowling lots and lots and lots and lots. And, and so that he can uh, perform more than a kind of a, a, just an occasional afterthought often, you know, series that Australia's played in Sri Lanka, especially and in India, it's the third spinner from that, from either of those sides that's chipped in for some valuable wickets. So I, I think that head should be considered um, more than just a very occasional part-timer for the Indian tour. Yeah, so so in the end, I think what really was exposed to me is that if they had gone in with five bowlers into this match, they would have covered all the bases and they, they wouldn't have had this problem today. They could have just avoided – they wouldn't have needed Agar as much. So, um, But in the end, I mean, weather ruined this match. It wasn't a particularly memorable SCG test match. It was, it was actually pretty disappointing um, and, and it sort of caps off – I wouldn't say a disappointing summer of test cricket, but I don't think, you know, many people will sort of think of any great test matches they've seen. Well, I mean, I, I think it has been a disappointing summer of test match cricket. Not for the Australians. They they were fantastic. Uh, I don't blame them for not winning this game. I, I agree with you that maybe they needed an extra quick. They probably still wouldn't have won this. But had this game not been affected by rain, then clearly they would have won it. Um I, I think it's a terrible summer of Test cricket uh, as far as the the spectacle and the and the contests are concerned. I did a um, a tweet a while ago or a TikTok post before this match. I think it was that uh, leading into into it, um, Australia had the second highest average runs per wicket for any summer in history. We'd had more than three Tests, and the second best. Um, second fewest runs per wicket conceded. So it's just an utter domination. Uh, by the Australians over the West Indians and over the South Africans, I would go as far as to say it's the worst summer of Test cricket I've ever seen as far as the contest is concerned. Hmm. I mean, I think back there was one summer the West Indies came here in the early 2000s and it was 5-0 and that was pretty bleak as well. Uh, look, I think that's look, true, but I think I lo- that, yeah. that was partially because it was so disappointing that uh, how far they had fallen. Um, that, that That's probably in the conversation, even um, a couple of the England um uh, you know, 2013, 14, and um, last 17, summer, 18, 2021, 27. There's enough of them. So, well, so 90, 91, 90, the, the, thing, is, the thing is, though, it is way more, I mean, it is very entertaining smashing the palms. You know, it's a lot more joyful. So I can revel in that. And I reveled in this. I, I'm glad um, we smashed South Africa. They've had enough success here. So they can go home with the tails between their legs once, like we did in 2018. Um, but when Justin Langer, though, I've got to just got to give a shout out to him in commentary. I've been critical of his commentary, but <laughs> he made the point um, early on. He, he, they showed up Avir's um, performances so far in the series, and he was like, you know, got eighteen and twenty-one and seventeen or whatever else. And Langer said, oh, you know, he's got to really dig in once he gets in. That should have been one hundred and eighteen, one hundred and twenty-one, one hundred and seventeen. And if only someone had told this to Irvia earlier, that the, the key to batting is to just score runs. Because he finished with 42 not out. So he's un- Langer's unlocked the secret for him. I mean, such a such a, an insightful comment. Um, he's going to be a sprinting coach next and uh, telling people, if you want to beat your same bowl, you just run faster. 
Uh, so bingo for anybody playing at home. Paul just insulted a uh, former player's commentary, and uh, yeah, it's 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 not unusual for a former player to state the obvious. Um, speaking <laughs> of commentary, though, when I was driving out here, I was listening to SEN, and our friend Pete Lawler dropped a dickhead on a live radio. I just about drove into the wall on the highway. Um, I wasn't offended or anything. I'm not saying he should get fined, but uh, it did make me laugh. I think that's probably the best swear word, that it's got no real negative connotations. I, mean, I, I think that it should become more normalised. So good on him. Oh, I'm not criticising, like, but you're not No, I know you're not. Shit. I know you're not. Um, <laughs> all right. Look, let's wrap this up. Hey, uh, yes. One more thing. Sorry. Um, listeners, you thought you were going to get away without a, a detailed discussion of the catch. Um, oh, fuck. But... <laughs> I just wanted to say, it has been very bewildering that all these people in the last couple of days are still talking about the soft signal as though it matters. Everyone who wanted to get rid of the soft signal, you have won. The soft signal is effectively gone. It's only still in for if there's a technology failure. Um, and so they're all saying, oh, well, you know, that, that the, the catch that Smith took should not have been overturned because the soft signal was out. They're not understanding the fact that, I mean, Ishigua tweeted out the correct thing. Simon Taufel explained it yesterday on Channel 7. It's up to the third umpire to now choose whether it's out or not based purely on what they see on the, on the video. And this is what I was warning everyone. This is why the soft signal was brought in, that there was like this notion of the umpire would be able to, on the field, say, oh, that looks like a clean catch, but we'll just check. It goes up, oh, there's a possibility that maybe a bit of a brush, but soft signal was out, on we go. Getting rid of that has caused this problem. We're back exactly at the same problem we had um, 15 years ago. And I think that now is the time to change. They should change the law and put something in there along the lines of if the ball has been what is regarded as a clean catch, but potentially there's a trivial blade of grass that's brushed against it that in no way has helped the catch being taken, it shall still be regarded as out or something along those lines. Um, And I just found it maddening that people have... Uh, wanted to get rid of the soft signal, they have succeeded and they're still not aware that they've succeeded and they're, they're still trying to get rid of it, even though it's demonstrably the wrong thing to do until the law is changed. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that point. Um, Did you listen to it? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Oh, I mean, you've also texted it to me eight times. So, um, <laughs> I said a carrier uh, pigeon just in case the text didn't get to it as well. <laughs> just, uh, just my usual media centre report. I don't know if I told the listeners once this week, like Ricky Ponting went to the urinal next to me and I like seized up and couldn't perform. And I just don't <laughs> think I can perform next to 40 test hundreds. Um, I don't know if I've shared that tidbit. Uh, today, Stuart McGill was there, saw him. He's looking great. We always um, have a good chat because he about famous interview on this podcast that's been archived in the National Film and Sound Archive. And who else? I spoke to Jonty Rhodes. Lovely. Uh, so lovely, even for a South African. And we reminisced about the 94 test, I think it was, at the SCG, where Fani de Villiers stole the match and he um, performed really well in the second innings there. So it was a dull day on the field, but I had fun in the media centre. There you go. Extra bingo for everyone. Um, I think I've used this anecdote before, but there's some line of um, some guy who wanted to give the most backhanded compliment ever that he's uh, back in the day when Bradman was still alive, but he sort of said, um, that was a magnificent innings that I saw you play. And um, that was also the the opinion from of Sir Donald Bradman with whom I sat watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, just because you're jealous. Um, all righty. Well, uh, I'm going to the test premiere tomorrow night. The, the new Amazon's, uh, 
documentary on the the cricketers. So I'll be reporting about that next time Paul and I convene. Yes, scratchy bingo, I've said something. Um, so Paul, and also, when yep. we do next convene, I, I think it is time for us to talk about where does test cricket go from here because it's a bit of a concern that um, the, the future of the game. I agree. And I think we should uh, get some help with that. All righty, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to our wrap from Sydney Day 5. We're due to record middle of the week um, Australian time, so stay tuned for our full show. Uh, Paul, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Manos. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.